the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together again. We've got some great guests coming up in a few moments. Um, Let me uh, say uh, it is uh, really fun to do the show, and I get a lot of great feedback from people. One of my favorite... um, one of my favorite bits of feedback is when people tell me that they uh, listen to the program and they listen to a segment and they end up uh, getting either the book that I recommend or uh, just checking in on the author or public official that uh, uh, that they are hearing on the show. So thank you for doing that uh, today. Later today, we will talk with uh, a friend of mine who's become a friend, Jeffrey Stevens, who is an author. Uh, he's a he was a very is a well, was is a very successful uh, lawyer uh, and he has now published published, I think, seven novels. We'll talk with him about his newest book called The Handler. The Handler. Now, you will remember, I, I'm a huge fan of his book, The uh, Fool's Errand, Fool's Errand, which is uh, sort of a father-son book. And uh, I have a, I do an interview with him each year around Father's Day because I enjoy it so much. This is more of just a straight-up thrill. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. All right. Um, what do you need to know today? Uh, first of all, let me uh, tell you today's wink, what you need to know. Uh, first, start off at ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the daily email, the daily wink, and you'll get an email every morning at 8 a.m. East Coast uh, time. It'll solve a lot of your problems because it will explain things to you. You need to do that. So ProAmericaReport.com and sign up there. Or you can just listen to this coming segment. And the segment at the beginning of the program, is called What You Need to Know, The Wink, W-Y-N-K, The Wink. Today's wink is lawfare at its political finest. Lawfare at its political finest. What do I mean by that? One thing that I have seen and and, and one thing I have not seen, nor have I heard, which I believe is true, is the following statement. The most recent superseding indictment, which happened last week against Donald Trump, which is in the case of the Mar-a-Lago documents. Now, about 10 days ago in the Mar-a-Lago document case, they announced, the judge said, we're going to go to trial. We're going to go to trial. I don't care what you say. We're going to go to trial. Everybody get their head together, get their gear together, get themselves together. We're going to trial. We're going to trial and we're going to trial on May something, 2024. And you thought to yourself, holy cow, is that really going to happen? They're going to go to trial right in the middle of a campaign, a presidential campaign. Well, it turns out a few days later, the prosecutors filed a superseding indictment. So basically, for a, a period of time, you have a chance and you have this chance when you when you when you file your defenses, when you file your uh, response to a charge and you file your defenses, you have a period of time where you can amend it and add uh, defenses as you find things out. You know, you you're you're doing your own sort of discovery and your own checking on what everything means. And you discover, well, it turns out I could have I should have maybe said I was uh, my defense included this. So you're allowed. Even the defense is allowed that time. And it's also true 
that you can have a superseding indictment, which means an indictment to replace the first one and add stuff. But it's not too common. I mean, it is a little bit common when you have a complex case and you sort of just discover stuff. But in, in general, when you're talking about a discrete set of crimes or cry, alleged crimes, you kind of know what they are. And so you plead them all at once because what I've not heard anyone say, I have not seen anyone write the superseding indictment of the case in the Mar-a-Lago documents filed last week guarantees that there will not be a trial before Election Day 2024 because they added another defendant. There's another defendant in the case. They added a whole different set of allegations. So the defendant's going to have a certain amount of time to get a lawyer. It's going to take all that time. He's going to have a certain amount of time to get his defense and file and, and get ready. And so the guaranteed the court is going to have to move that date back. Guaranteed. And so what the prosecutors did by not having their stuff together is guaranteed that the lawfare is not about the law. It's about the politics, because now you're going to have a guy who's going to have to say they're going to say over and over again, he's under indictment. He's under indictment. It's kind of the talking point. Right. And you can say what you want about innocent until proven guilty. But Americans also sort of feel like where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you keep having smoke. From these claims and indictments, and there'll be more. The American people will start to think, well, there's fire. There's there's got to be fire there. There's got to be fire. Of course, there's fire. That's how people think. That's how people feel. That's how they react to these kinds of things. And so you have a situation where Donald Trump is going to be under the cloud of an indictment, under the cloud of multiple indictments, and there's no chance of going to trial. And then we'll have the position, we'll be in the position where, and I I don't even know what this looks like, if you're in the position that you are uh, a sitting president, I guess he could. It looks like tomorrow we're going to talk with Mike Davis. My friend Mike Davis is going to join us. Mike Davis is the um, is the founder of the Article Three Project. He's going to join us tomorrow. I'm going to try to get him on a whole bunch of subjects from uh, from Devin Archer's testimony, uh, the Hunter Biden stuff. I want to ask him about the U.S. Supreme Court where he clerked and see what he says about uh, about the reality of uh, of these ethics um, efforts. You know, they're trying to do these ethics efforts. Um, and claiming that the uh, that the the uh, Supreme Court must, the Congress is saying we're going to regulate you with an ethics uh, 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 ethics guidelines, no ethics laws, and we're going to be able to bind you. And Justice Alito said, "No, you can't do that." So anyway, we're talking with Mike Davis tomorrow. But the reality of this lawfare is they're not even pretending anymore. I mean, they really aren't. They're not saying as as and Trump actually said something about this. He in his on Truth Social, he said, why didn't they indict me for this two and a half years ago when they figured it out? Why'd they wait till now, just now, within 15, 13, 14, 15 months of an election? Why did they wait? It's a great question. And at a certain point, it doesn't matter what the answer is. It just matters that it's happening like this. It just matters that the um, that the people in this country are going to be uh, under the uh, under this cloud during an election cycle. I mean, it is extraordinary to consider where we are and what's happening. 
it's extraordinary to believe, to understand that we're going to go through this. But my point on this is that you could, when, what you need to know is they're not even trying. If you're the Department of Justice, you, you should have and could have had your ducks lined up and not had to go through this. You should have and could have had the case tight and you wouldn't have had this superseding indictment. So there's only a couple reasons for it. The, and that both of them are damning, in my opinion. The first one is you were in a hurry because you were trying to distract from something else, Hunter Biden, or something else. It could be. could be they were just in a hurry, and they want to add this. But I've looked at what they're claiming, this sort of extra. He might have told somebody to delete something, maybe. But it wasn't deleted, and doesn't look that strong. So the second reason is you just don't care. You're just trying to pile on. And in fact, it's better for you politically to have a guy under indictment who cannot defend himself in court. And you just say things like, oh, yeah, there's some really serious, serious documents. there. National security, national security. What kind of it's like it's like the Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. They said, oh, yeah, there's an investigation ongoing, ongoing investigation, ongoing investigation, collusion, collusion. Oh, there's Russians involved. There was Russians involved. After all that was said and done, after years of the public being inundated and 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 uh, and brainwashed to believe something was going on, what actually was going on was nothing. In fact, it was collusion with the Hillary Clinton Clinton campaign. But that was it. And there was no place to go to unring the brainwashing bell and try to recover what's happened, you know, what what the reputational damage. So that's what the president I do think you have to say I do think you have to to look at this situation as election interference. It does look and feel like election interference, like people that are just making decisions about using the government in an election cycle. And the only good news, if you're uh, a, a American who wants some change in the White House, is I, don't, I think Joe Biden and his people are going to they're going to stay. I don't think that they're willing to move on, even though every people are starting to say they look uh, 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 Biden looks too tired, looks too old, all that stuff. I don't think they care. I don't think the Bidens care to be persuaded about that. I think they're just going to stay right where they are. And they're going to they're going to run. And if you're if you're a Republican conservative, someone who just wants to change could be Democrats. You're looking at saying, oh, if you really run Biden, I, you know, it doesn't matter. The, the country's going to vote against that. I think either that or they know they got the game rigged and it doesn't matter who runs. Could be. Could be. All right. We've got to run ourselves. But that's what you need to know. Uh, the lawfare is kicking in times a gazillion and man alive. It's obvious. Again, I can't read their minds to know what they're thinking. I just can read the, the, the facts and see what they're doing. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. All right. That's what you need to know. Visit ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the Daily Wink. And we will be right back. Ed Martin on the ProAmerica Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. A while ago, we caught up with my friend Karen Taylor. It's been far too long, and we were talking back then about something that she uh, cares an awful lot about, and that is how do we make our elections work better? How do we make them function well? Um, she uh, ha- pushes an effort called Audit the Vote PA, audittheVotePA.com. You can go to their website and find out more about it. And the, the idea, whatever your uh, thoughts are, it's a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that says, hey, let's make it so our elections are 
are free and fair and people know it. And uh, that's a big deal. So, uh, Karen, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Ed. Nice to talk to you. Um, Karen, uh, I remember the story, but summarize it again. You you, you were not like uh, born and raised as a committee woman and a precinct captain and decided to suddenly get into this. You had a normal life and you realized, though, you wanted to get involved. Give us that quick summary. I did. I did. I, I am not your uh, normal, you know, um, advocate <laughs> for politics or however you want to call it. Right. Um, I was just a stay at home mom and um, an entrepreneur. And after everything happened with COVID, things just with me started kind of, you know, what's going on? Is this constitutional? And I was at a, a conference and saw Rick Green from Patriot Academy, who did a constitution um uh, a thing on stage about the constitution invited people to take a constitution class. And so I was like, yeah, let's do this. I took a constitution class. And by the second class, it's a six week zoom <laughs> class. Right. And by the second class, I'm like, okay, I know nothing. I'm so politically ignorant. This is ridiculous. So <laughs> there you it, go. It's just, it was pathetic. And it, you know, it wasn't necessarily by like intention. It was just, I never learned it. Yeah. Karen Taylor's our guest. And Karen, uh, you know, I was remembered in your background, you were in marketing at some point in your career. And, yeah. uh, and that, you know, like you mentioned, you got drawn into this, but you know, now talking about elections. And if you go to uh, audit the vote, PA.com, their website, you see truth and transparency, the road to free and fair elections. That's not particularly controversial in my opinion those are pretty plain speaking words and i'm not surprised because i mentioned you had a marketing background but it's tough after these last couple years if you say let's have good elections they say ah you're you know you're a conspiracy theorist and you're and i I know that you're used to it and you understand what they're doing but how about the rest of the people who end up living in silos and they don't hear anything different. It's a real challenge, isn't it? It sure is. And it's sad because, like you said, it really is nonpartisan. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on. Our goal is just to make sure that the people that are elected are actually the ones, and since we're in Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg and D.C. I mean, that's really all that we're looking for. And like you said, it really doesn't matter what side of the aisle that you're on. This is an American issue. It's not a political issue. Right. Um, so uh, how is it when you hear uh, people and I know one of the big people we both heard do it was uh, Donald Trump. They say, oh, we're going to have the greatest ballot harvesting project ever, you know, better than anybody else. Uh, I, I guess my question is, are we adjusting to a world where um, to get truth and transparency in elections? It's like a multi pronged battle there is a legislative piece and a legal piece there's a manpower piece there's a strategy piece are we seeing the adjustment or are we still sort of falling behind um i think both i think in some ways we are falling behind because there's it's like death by a thousand cuts there's so many different ways that we're learning that elections can be manipulated and so you know we have never been able to get inside any of these um electronic voting machines they all have what we're told proprietary information. And I put it similar to like a car race. If you've got a little Honda Civic hatchback versus a Dodge Viper and the Civic beats the Viper, people are going to want to know, what do you have under the hood of that Civic that's making it faster than the Viper? So if they're not willing to open the hood, then you know that something is is being done there that's not your you know OEM part of the car. So it's the same thing with the machines. Why won't you let us open the machines? What is in there that is 
potentially being manipulated that is supposedly proprietary that we're not allowed to look at these machines. And that makes us even more skeptic. Um, we're talking with Karen Taylor again, and, and Karen, I, I like to say it over and over again, the website, uh, auditthevotepa.com. If you live in California, you got to care about how they're going to address the voting systems, especially the big elections, uh, local elections, as well as a state Supreme Court race uh, this fall. So a lot happening and you can learn a lot. Um, so are you, uh, how to say confident? I know you work hard at it and you believe you're a believer. So you're sort of confident in general, but are you confident that we're getting our arms around it? Are you confident that we're going to have elections that people can trust? Are you, and, and, you know, what do you do when you see that the people who have questioned some of the specific machines and some of the system systems that operate those machines get sued to kingdom come? I mean, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's not chilling. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. And I would love to to confidently say, yes, we're getting somewhere. And I definitely think we've had some wins all across the country. I mean, we're connected with patriots literally across the entire country who are our counterparts doing the exact same thing. California has a great group out there. But um, honestly, it, it is scary. It's very scary because you would think that if we are going to have free and fair elections, that they would be as transparent as possible here. Absolutely. Come look, come see exactly what's going on. And when they're not, it just makes us think more and more that they're hiding things. And so it is, it is definitely a scary territory. Um, but my biggest thing I tell people, cause I get people all the time, Karen, why should I vote? It's a rigged system. And I get it. I understand the sentiment, but look at our constitutionality of being able to vote. That's something that we have. It's, it's a, it's a right. It's a freedom. And they, I feel like they can only cheat so much. Whoever is doing this cheating, whoever is behind it, there's only so many ballots that they can take. And the more that people get their behinds up and get to the, the poll on election day and make it a point, do whatever you have to do. If you have a you know time off, take it. Because getting to that poll and casting your vote, not only your constitutional right to do so, but the more that we can overwhelm the system by having people go on election day, I feel like the less chance that they have to make up ballots. Uh, Karen Taylor's our guest again, one of the founders and, and now one of the leaders of uh, Audit the Vote PA. Audit the Vote PA uh, dot com, uh, com is the website. You can go there. You'll find out a lot about specific counties, about specific efforts, and uh, you learn a lot. If you're from Pennsylvania, you learn a ton. Uh, Karen is the founder and the CFO at this point of the organization. Uh, Karen, let me wear a different hat. You also help our Phyllis Schlafly Eagles up in Pennsylvania. Our organization has been headed for uh, many years by Ned Pfeiffer. Now uh, he handed all the baton off to uh, Stan Casasi. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you got an event coming up in uh, in Pittsburgh area uh, and what's going on. But also when you and I talked off the air, I thought it was compelling to me about how you said, you know, we've got to keep reaching out to others, bring them in. We don't need to tell each other how good we're doing or what to do, but keep broadening the conversation. So tell us about the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles of Pennsylvania. Absolutely. It's been my honor to work with the Phyllis Schlafly Foundation. I am, you know, as a woman, I think it's so important for women to step up and and let their voices be heard. And I mean, look at the 19th Amendment, right? So uh-huh. um, I think <laughs> it is, it's it's just imperative for, for us to be able to get out of, I call it the echo chamber, because there's so many people that literally they've dropped everything to work on the election integrity movement. But there's so many people out there, I feel like in their spirit, in their heart, know that something is wrong. Something is just not sitting right. And they want to get involved, but don't know how. And so that's kind of my goal is really to kind of get out there to those people that know something just isn't sitting right. Something isn't right. They want to get involved and don't know how. 
So September 28th, it's going to be right outside of Pittsburgh at the South Hills Country Club. Um, we're going to have a wonderful event. Um, we already have two people confirmed. We're, we're trying to reach out to two others for, um, you know, guest speakers and awards, but it's so imperative to try and get some of those people that aren't really in the thick of it as of right now, um, that want to get involved and just don't know how. And I think that's a great place to start. Really great. Thank you, uh, Karen, uh, for stepping up. And as you mentioned, for uh, being uh, a mom and a businesswoman, a professional, but mostly just a concerned citizen who said, hey, how do I figure this out? And again, I will encourage people, auditthevotepa.com and uh, learn more about the things they're doing. Some of it's a model for what you could do in your own community. Uh, some of it's a, a, a place where you could put your volunteer hours or, or dollars. So uh, important stuff. Thanks very much, Karen. Uh, keep in touch and we appreciate you being out there in the fight. Thanks, Ed. Have a wonderful day. You too. God bless. Karen Taylor, everybody. And I will put up on uh, social media a link to uh, the uh, dates and to uh, of the event she mentioned, as well as uh, to the website, so you can check it out yourself. And we will uh, – it's a great, great group, a uh, great group of people who make it, make it a huge difference. Pennsylvania is such an important state, an important state to watch coming up uh, this fall and to uh, see what the left is going to try to do and then be ready in 2024. So we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit Pro americareport.com to sign up for the daily email the daily wink right there be right back welcome back welcome back ed martin here on the pro america report time to check in with jeffrey stevens jeffrey s stevens is an author now i think he's up to seven or eight novels um we we started to uh become acquainted with fool's errand i think it's his first book i i think of it as his favorite of my uh, my favorite of his uh but he's got a number of others including the newest one the handler a nick reagan thriller uh jeffrey stevens that's a post hill press book our friends over there and it's a good one and I wanted to catch up with him and talk about the book. So, uh, Jeffrey Stevens, welcome back. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for, so much for having me back, Ed. Well, it's always fun to talk to you. I like talking about Fool's Errand every year around uh, Father's Day because I find it such a compelling uh, story of uh, of a father and a son and a relationship, and it's just it moves along really well. But we're on to the next one. Now, first of all, uh, you are originally a practicing lawyer, right? You were uh, in private practice for a long time. Now you've written, I think it's six or seven novels. Are you are you now a professional writer? I would like to I would like to think so. Yes, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I still practice some law, uh-huh. and um, as you correctly said, uh, the Handler is my seventh novel. Uh, we got another one coming out in November that follows up on that. And it's funny you say about Fool's Errand. I just have to throw something in because you said maybe that was my first novel. The truth is, it was the first novel I ever wrote, but not the first that ever got published. It got rewritten about twelve times, and oh. it's actually the sixth of my seven novels. Oh wow, wow, yeah, wow! That is that's that is fun. All right, now the Handler is a, a Nick Reagan thriller. So you got another one coming out with uh, Nick Reagan. Nick Reagan's the main character, a, a, a CIA guy. First question though, uh, Jeff uh, Jeffrey Stevens, our guest, and and his website. I'll put up uh, also uh, to his uh, web, his own website, but uh, it opens in China and I'm ready. I'm like, oh, yeah, see, Stevens has moved on. He's now now we China's the enemy and we end up with Islamo terrorist. And my question is, when you started writing this book, because it feels like a lot of our, um, you know, even that what is that? That Jack Ryan show. I watched it recently. All of his stuff was in like Malaysia or, or uh, Cambodia or, or Myanmar or whatever they call it now. So, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, th- this this one. um 
back to the and and you write and actually I think it's really important. I was very interested how you wrote it at the end of the book. You talked about how hey, I wrote about Islamophobia. Islamophobia means this, you know, and this is why I did it and how I because. If you do it wrong, Salman Rushdie is a an example, right? So it's actually a a, a, a lightning rod, and the, but the topic felt like a lot of writers moved past it. Tell me why you ended up there. Well, I'll tell you why. The Nick Reagan character is based on an old friend of mine who was an active CIA agent. Ah, and of the stories that he could tell me, because obviously he can't tell me everything, but of the stories he he could tell me, he told me about this terrorist mastermind who really was a cut above all the others in terms of intelligence. We never heard about him. He lived in the shadows. Uh, he, he wasn't public. He didn't, you know, he, he didn't, uh, you know, pound his, uh, his shoe on a table like Khrushchev or anything like right. that. And I thought that would be pretty interesting. So I wanted to start in China. And part of the reason was, you say, when I first began the book, when I first began the book, we were in the pandemic. And I wanted to write a book. I felt we were all so couch bound and we were locked up in our homes. And it was just awful with the masks and all that nonsense. I wanted to write a book that would take people around the world. So as you see, it's in China. It's in Pakistan. It's in Paris. And ultimately, it comes back, though, to dangers on our own shores. And the point of Nick Reagan, as one critic said, is he's an American hero that's easy to root for. So he's not infallible. He's not perfect. You know, he doesn't uh, always wear tuxedos and swill uh, martinis like somebody else we know, you know, and save the world. This guy is a real true American hero and based on somebody that I knew. Um, we we're talking with, uh, again, Jeffrey S. Stevens. His book is The Handler, a Nick Reagan thriller, um, and it's a post-Hill press. Uh, the is it it feels like we are relatively I hate to say this. I'm saying it wrong, but I'm going to say it. We It feels like we're safe right now from Islamic terrorism. It doesn't feel like that's a threat the same way it was certainly after 9-11 when we were aware of it, but even probably before that. Am I overstating that? I don't think it's it's an interesting question because I don't think you're overstating it. On the other hand, I think that a lot of credit has to be given to these people who work namelessly and facelessly for us in the intelligence communities. Forget about all the stuff that's going on with politics. I'm talking about the guys who are, and the women who are out there every day risking their lives. And so, yeah, there's a lot of really bad stuff that's still going on. I mean, Iran is a terrorist state. Iran wants to take out Israel and the United States, and they're working on nuclear weapons to get there. And anything we can do to impede them, we do. We don't want to have open conflict. But there's a lot that goes on below the surface, behind the scenes, however you want to say it, that really is happening because these people are still out there and they still hate us. And that's why at the end of the book, I I had that one piece that I wrote about Islamophobia. I don't hate Muslims or Arabs by any stretch of the imagination. Most of them are moderate. Most of them are good people, as in most countries in the world. But there is an Islamic fringe and they mean us harm and they are still there. And the fact that we're being... uh, how should I say this? We're being distracted uh, by, you know, things on on television. Like, you know, this morning I was waiting for them to say something about all this testimony that's going to come out about Hunter Biden. And I looked at all three major networks. And what do you think they were featuring? They were featuring, oh, Donald Trump's in trouble again. That's what it was. Right. It gave no air time to what's happening with the Biden White House, the possibility that we have a president who took millions of dollars in bribes and all the rest of that. And so what I'm saying is just like that, we're being distracted from these things. But these threats exist and they exist every day. 
Um, where again, Jeffrey uh, S. Stevens is our guest, and uh, his website, by the way, you can go look at all of his uh, upcoming works, his uh, previous books. It's Jeffrey S. Uh, Jeffrey Stevens dot com. Sorry, Jeffrey Stevens dot com. It's a PH on your Stevens, not a V. Uh, and uh, so, uh, this is a Nick Reagan thriller. When I'm looking at all your books, you had the J- Jordan Sandor thrillers, which you reminded me that when I interviewed you first, you said, you know, Ed, I think you told me you'd, I took a trip with my family, my kids. My wife, we had this great trip and then writing about the places we had been. It was, I think, the first Sandor thriller that was in in uh, maybe in Italy. But you wrote the Sandor ones. Get me wrong. I think there's at least three or four. Then you had four. Anthony Walker had uh was that he had did he have one book or did he yeah, have, he's coming yeah. he's coming back though but he had a, he had crimes and passion which is a mystery and then fool's errand but you have a great memory because you're right it was portofino on the italian Riviera. Yeah, right 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 said, boy this would be a great spot for the <laughs> end of the thriller and they, they, they didn't know who they were saying to their dad and instead of instead of him saying we'll come back again sometime he wrote a book so uh but now uh, uh but then the nick ray nick reagan h- how many books is this one the handler uh is the it's second his first. Oh, no, it's his first. first, but he's getting a second one coming up in and the fall. En- enemies, enemies among us is coming in in the fall in November, and that one, interestingly, uh, since you raised the topic, it sort of spins the entire Islamic thing because it turns out that some of the most dangerous things happening in this country are happening with our own within our own government, huh. and Excellent. that's what that one is about. So it's a completely different twist. For well, it's like I want to pretend I'm your kids, or and we, maybe we're on a trip together too. But uh, as a family, but I want to suggest you, you know there's a there's a story to be written uh, about the infiltration of America by the Chinese spies because we we somehow if you study the Soviet spies what they did because it's now declassified there's no way the Chinese aren't doing it. But I don't want to get to that. I just got a couple minutes left. Uh, Jeffrey S. Stevens, our guest. Um, why the books with multiple characters? You've now done two sets of them. Is it because once you get that character, you want to come back to him? Do you find it easier to come back to them based on? Because I don't have to read the Sandor books. I know I never I, I, I've read at least two of them. I didn't have to read the, the first one to know for the second one. It's not that dependent. That's but correct. No, no what's you can read them in any order. Yeah, you can read them in any order. But the fast answer to your question is I wrote for Jordan Sandor's. Then, as you say, I went off and wrote a murder mystery and I wrote a father son treasure hunt. And when right. I came back and I wanted to write this book about this this mastermind terrorist, I didn't want it to be Jordan Sandra again because I think as a writer you become stale. I mean, there are people out there, and I'm not going to mention names, but they have a series that goes on and on and on with this <laughs> character, and right. you don't even know if you you pick up the book and you don't know whether you've read this one before because it's all the same. Right. And so I wanted I wanted this guy, Nick Reagan, to be different. He has a female partner, not a male partner. Uh, He has a different perspective on things. Uh, He has different people that he works with in the CIA and so forth. And so it was fresher and more exciting for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel that it'll be that way for the reader. Well, it's real. It's fun. This one's at the handler. It's called a Nick Reagan thriller. Jeffrey S. Stevens, Post Hill Press, our friends over there. And I will make sure to put up on social media uh, the uh, website. You can go to check out uh, JeffreyStevens.com. Hey, thank you as always. Keep writing and we'll have you back on again. Thank you so much, Ed. Great to great to speak with you again. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Jeffrey Stevens, everybody. It's up. Uh, they're good. They're really good. I love reading, as everybody knows, and they're really fun to read. I'm glad there's another one coming in November uh, for Christmas. All right, we'll take a quick break and uh, be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. 
By a stunning 20-point margin, the conservative New Democracy Party in Greece prevailed in its recent national election, thus highlighting a trend that can be seen throughout Europe. For decades, socialists had badly governed that ancient birthplace of democracy, running up immense debt and causing other problems which the conservative leadership has since overcome. This landslide surpassed the polling predictions and is being described as a political earthquake. The reason for this triumph in Greece is clear. The conservative party there took a tough stance against migration, which is the opposite of what President Joe Biden is doing here in America. On the eve of this Greek election, a video went viral purporting to show mistreatment of migrants, many of whom sneak in by the sea. Supposedly, the conservative candidate, currently its prime minister, was allowing the placement of migrants on rafts and then abandoning them in the middle of the Aegean Sea. It turns out that that video didn't hurt Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis with voters. We protected our country's borders both on land and at sea, he said, and we reduced irregular arrivals by 90%. He said this at a campaign rally until he was drowned out by applause. Greece was getting 10,000 migrants a month from Turkey, while Joe Biden is allowing many times that number to enter the United States from Mexico each month. The Republican Party should take a stronger stance against this than it has, and the Greek election shows where voters are on the issue. All of Europe has quietly reversed its pro-immigrant policy of five years ago, and now the European Union even seems fine with countries closing their borders. In other words, political leaders in Europe have come around to agree with the position first espoused by Donald Trump, despite snickering against him at that time while he was president. As even liberal cities throughout the nation have now testified, we don't have the resources to prop up every alien who wants to live on Americans' good graces. We should take a lesson from Greece and stand up to illegal immigration. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. American citizenship should never be taken lightly. That's why you need to go to phyllisschlafly.com and be part of the dialogue on the need for border security and an accurate census, the travesty of sanctuary cities, and voting rights for illegals. Voice your opinion at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I, I got to tell you, this is one of my least favorite stories that I'm about to tell you about. Um, but I have to tell you because it's so haunting and it's so necessary that we know. Um, there is a story that published a day or so ago, earlier this week, um, over at um, Stream the Stream, uh, which is a Christian site, a very good site, very interesting. The title is Planned Parenthood's Depraved Marketing Gimmicks. Uh, and it is written by Elise McHugh. It goes through Planned Parenthood and what their gimmicks are to try to market abortion. Now, here's a couple of things you have to know. A, a lot of people are trying to take the steam out of opposition to Planned Parenthood because Planned Parenthood spends lots of money and lots of marketing dollars saying that they're for health care. But they are a an, an entity that destroys, that kills babies or or promotes abortion. Either way, you can have it. And Planned Parenthood in its education materials, which they push onto schools, is far left. 
take away parents' rights, both to abortion, uh, but also but to abortion, but also to transgender surgeries. That's what they want to do. So it, it, they have abortion gift cards that they give out. They've done that. They have Easter egg hunts that have sex toys involved. You can, I'm not even going to say it out loud. They have other fundraisers with sex toys. They have uh, a, a, an ice cream truck with, uh, how to say, contraceptives as part of it. I mean, it's on and on. And here's the thing. They really try to mainstream their efforts and they, I guess they think it's clever. And if it's so um, nasty, you won't even notice because it's clever. An ice cream truck that's giving out uh, uh, contraceptives, you're not supposed to notice. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Planned Parenthood receives over $700 million of your tax dollars for America alone. There's other money that goes through uh, to foreign uh, com- countries and foreign efforts that get fed to international Planned Parenthood. But what do they do with the money? It is an abortion uh, operation. Their goal is abortion. Their goal is not to have uh, people be healthy. Their goal is to promote abortion and, importantly, elect people who support them. Now you say, oh, but Ed, it's a, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood. They don't actually campaign. They don't have to campaign. They don't have to campaign themselves with the money. The, the Planned Parenthood doesn't have to. They, they do have Planned Parenthood action, so they do campaign. But what they do is they create a complete culture that is uh, staffed by paid employees. So it's one thing to have people who care about, uh, say, an issue. Let's uh, let's picture an issue. Let's say that you you care about uh, the exploitation of Chinese workers. It's one thing to have people who care about that. They might write op eds. They might show up places. It's another thing if you had an entity created that helped to oppose that that included lots of employees. I don't know. Let's let's pick something. Let's say that we had a university that hired people that got funded to hire people to to hold that position. Now, a more interesting question is when it's funded by people who have the same interests. For example, there'll be times where the unions, teachers unions are funding certain things, for example, and then they demand of the uh, of the uh, schools programs, the teachers training programs, the school board associations have uh, these kind of training programs and they're funded by the people who are on that side of the aisle, meaning pro-teachers unions, and then they demand you to be for them. Sometimes they're clever about just teaching you that, you know, this is the best way, but other times they're blatant. Well, Planned Parenthood is blatant about it. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that go to an organization that by their own admission, and I work with the American Life League a lot, and they have a pro- we have a program called STOP, and STOP actually shows that the money that Planned Parenthood gets goes to all these places, and lots of the CEOs of Planned Parenthood make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Back to my point, when you have a CEO of a Planned Parenthood who makes $400,000, that person's going to be a leader in the community. When you have a Planned Parenthood in a certain community that has a $400,000 CEO and then lots of other staff, it's going to be a leader in the community. And the pro-lifers, by the way, are saying the rosary in front of the uh, clinic volunteering. It's this story that ran in life in the stream illustrates how mainstream Planned Parenthood is trying to become, and frankly, how often they're allowed to do it. If you worked at a big law firm, like I did in the late 90s and early 2000s, you were expected to contribute to the uh, to the United Way campaign because the, the, the law firm had a goal 
of making it so that every single person in the law firm contributed 100% participation. That was their goal. Except if you said, I don't want it to go to United Way because they give to Planned Parenthood, they got mad at you. And you had to do things to flip around. And basically, they 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 they, they fixed the uh, uh, analysis because I gave my money to the, the church and they were able to say, well, we had 100% participation. They somehow, they were able to kind of lie about it. I don't think they lied, but I think they just had a, a game they played. My point is Planned Parenthood makes a lot of money, makes a lot of money, and it gets a lot of our tax dollars to promote abortion. And their their behavior is despicable. Their approach is uh, terrible, mean, nasty, terrible. But here's the thing. It's effective. They know what they're doing. They're using their big money effectively. And we have to not shy away from saying Planned Parenthood isn't about health care. It's not a health care clinic. It's an abortion clinic that tries to say they do health care so that they can be treated differently than if I just told you it's an abortion mill. That's all they're doing. It's a big distinction, but what they're doing is trying to get away with it. They want to be the March of Dimes. The March of Dimes was a polio outfit. It was for polio vaccinations and polio prevention and polio treatment in the 1940s and 50s. And they morphed into, like the Red Cross did, they morphed into a generic do-gooder organization, they say. Planned Parenthood wants to be right there. That's what they're trying to do. That's what these stories, that's what these uh, marketing campaigns are. That's why this story is important. So check it out. I'll post it on social media. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our producer. Also our associate producer, Ryan Height and Mason Mohan. And we'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.